you're all going to die down here. Yet. Yeah, what have you done? Fuck. Why are we recording? I don't know. Uh, well, shit. Um, hello, everyone. Um, there'll be a name for this by the time this goes <laughs> up. Might as well start from here. Might as well. Uh, I'm Jim Sterling. I'm the host of... Whatever this is? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to call it, like, based on the hit video game, but that's a really long title, and yeah. I, don't know if that, I don't know if that plays. But it does, it does explain very much what the show is about, without also tying us to movies, just in case we run out of content and I want to do comic books or toys or something. Right. <laughs> um, so it gives us some leeway, but I'll come up with something, because uh, it was that or just the movie boys. <laughs> <laughs> the movie boys, that is, that's up there with the laziest things I think I've ever heard go out of your mouth. Yeah, and a lot <laughs> of lazy shit's come out of my mouth over the years, and you've been present for a lot of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, about 75%, I'd say. Um, the other voice that you're hearing is Conrad Zimmerman. Hello. Hello. Hi. How, is, how Hi. are you, Jim? I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm bearing up. My, um, if, if people have listened to this week's podquisition, they'll know that my back is fucked because I did ill-advised things with it. Um, that sounds like I took it out as part of some sort of get-rich-quick scheme. But... <laughs> or... I don't know, I just assumed that you're not as flexible as you thought you were. Well, the, I was actually, I wasn't, it wasn't even sexing. Uh, I was just trying to tidy up in my office and decided <laughs> that this, these three bags of old PR oh. marketing bullshits and electronic goods that are now defunct, like, I can pick all that up and not, not worry about lifting with my knees. Yeah, it's, it's um, a really good idea to do that all in one trip. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, because cause I... Again, going back to the lazy angle, I find it easier if I just, like, bring all the trash out at once. I do this with the groceries as well. Like, if I have to go back for a second trip to get the rest of the groceries from the car, I failed. Right, yeah. So, you know, you go in with, like, ten bags hanging off each finger, you know. Well, but I'm anyway. so easily distracted that if I don't get them all at once, I'll make it back with the first run. The rest of the shit will sit out there and rot. That's it. You'll see a squirrel out the window or something, and right. then, then you're just looking at that running around a tree. You know, a, a perfect example. This show, because yes. you see, we were gonna we were gonna talk about <laughs> movies. And here we've spent a good solid two minutes. We're already on squirrels. <laughs> um, I haven't even explained what the the bloody thing is. <laughs> right. So this this is a new podcast. It's running on the Jimquisition. Um, uh, basically the the same feed as podquisition because it's listed on itunes just as jimquisition and then that gave me the idea like well rather than just jimquisition slash podquisition as this thing jimquisition itself is a channel through which audio gets into your ears so you know we've had other non-podquisitiony things on the show um on you know the jimquisition audio thing and then conrad and i were talking about doing a just a, a nice cozy podcast me and him and we got onto this idea of doing movies based on games um because we both play video games and obviously this is a video game uh, outlet and we have both seen films with our eyes in real life well and i think that there's uh Something interesting about licensing and adaptation mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that 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 can be examined. There's a there's a, a relationship between movies and games um, that 
despite their real dramatic differences in terms of how they present narrative and entertainment, they're both trying to copy each other all the time. And I think that that's something sort of worth examining. Um, and, and plus, it's just funny to rip on really bad movies. Which most of the movies I think we're going to watch are going to be poor. Um, and the reason for that is I think they're going to be mostly poorly written more than poorly directed. And for, I'll just take it a step further back with most of them being based on video games. The stories probably aren't that strong to begin with. And so you get to sort of see this uh, snowball effect of a bad story getting made worse at each step along the chain. Um, so that's fun. Anyway, I'm probably getting way too uh, serious. No, that's a good analysis. It's a good, it's a good way to, to explain the interest. I mean, I, one of the things I always find interesting about movies, um, movie adaptations especially, is that in a lot of adaptations you often add a thing. Like, if if you do an adaptation of a book, you turn a book into a TV show or a movie, you're adding that visual and, and audio element. You're adding actors, you're putting faces to names. You're kind of adding something. Whereas when you turn a video game into a film or a TV show or an, an anime or, or whatever, and so that's just setting things up for later when we run out of films, um, when you turn it into that, you, you've taken something away, unless you're adapting something David Cage made. Uh, you're, you're taking the interaction away from the audience. Um, and and I, I find that uh, interesting, and I, th I feel that's why a lot of video game movies have a hard time, is rather than an adaptation adding, this is one of the cases where an adaptation inherently takes away a fundamental aspect of the original work. Right, um, and what you're left with, sometimes is is the problem is that the real the thing that makes the content in video games accept acceptable i think to audiences and palatable is that they're interacting with it so yes. there's there's a, a different standard being set uh, well yeah i mean that's the reason why most um most video game writing is utter shit right and and it's exposed when they try and turn it into a movie because you know a movie with shit writing has a lot harder time than a game that has shit writing but really good gameplay you know really good mechanics uh, really good i mean hell you know if resident evil had started life as a movie you know i'm talking about the game like it would be you know plan 9 from out of space levels of of schlock um, but because it was a, a horror game uh, it was a lot more effective. And I, um, but in fairness, I think that the structure and organization of the plot in the Resident Evil game is much better than what they did in the Resident Evil movie. Which brings us to the topic of discussion this week. We are starting with probably, I mean, I want to say maybe it's one of the, the most famous game adaptations. I mean, it certainly went on to form its own distinct legacy. It's, it's, oh yeah, I think it's by far the most successful. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's definitely one of those ones where when you when you talk video game, uh, well, movies based on video games, this one's gonna get thought of a lot. It's and, gonna, when, and when I it, say it's successful, I mean commercially successful. I oh, absolutely. Don't necessarily mean as a form of art. No. <laughs> that needs to be made abundantly clear at the outset. Heavens, heavens, no. Um, so we're gonna talk about. We're not gonna do the whole series because, again. I'm, I'm forward thinking when it comes to content. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we're gonna do five more of these guys. Oh yeah, like over, not not in a not, not in, in a row, row. Not in a row. Please God, stay no, with please, us. Please no. Please like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> we will be periodically revisiting the adventures of Alex, Alex, Alice, Alice. Alice. Yeah, Alice. Does she have a surname in the films? Uh, I, 
I, I, yes, I know she does. I know she does because I saw a list of character names on a Wikipedia or something. Mm-hmm. I, so, yes, but I, right. don't, I don't know what it is. I'm going to call her Redentine. Redentine, okay. She is Alice Redentine. Um, basically, and here's, here's my, my first thought with when we talk about Resident Evil. Directed by, who was it? Paul W.S. Anderson. Paul it was w. written, S. directed, and produced by Paul W.S. Anderson. Which also is did Mortal because, Kombat. Yeah, with, you know? now that one, I've got... Well, Can't we'll wait. Can't Kombat wait. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Man <laughs> Island. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because like I always want to say Paul Verhoeven. Because it's a lot closer to him, mm-hmm. I feel, uh, the, the first Resident Evil film. Uh, I could see him working on that before I'd see Anderson working on it. But, well, yeah. and then there's, I always get Paul W.S. Anderson confused with someone else who uses initials in their name, and I want to say it's the, like the Life Aquatic of Z- Steve Zissou director. Andrew W.K. No. <laughs> <laughs> or him, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Resident Evil was directed by Andrew W.K., who also produced it and did Mortal Kombat. Um, and very much like Andrew W.K. lifestyle, uh, the Resident Evil movie is a party. <laughs> it's it's a fun party where friends get together and hang out. Um, very loose ties, if we're being honest. Well, to Resident Evil, it has uh, it, it it name drops a few things, right? Yeah, it's got it's got some it's got audiovisual references. It's got some name drops for sure. No, that that stuff's the, now. There are things about the way this story is put together that also evokes Resident Evil in some in some ways that I think are actually kind of subtle and smart. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, a certain audience familiarity that you're going to have to expect going into what the story of Resident Evil is. Now, they did not deliver on the expectation. They, they delivered something really, really different uh, in, in tone and in... Um, in, in plot, but there are still touch tones in there, touch tones in there that you can you can point to and say, okay, that's that was a very Resident Evil thing to do. The Spence character is totally a Resident Evil character. Um, the sort of expense absurdity of it, mm-hmm. like like the the depths to which Umbrella goes to hide its activities and and just how like strange and illogical a lot of it is. It's yeah, totally a Resident Evil thing. Almost like they um, they always opt to take the most evil route possible, even if it's the most expensive route. It's like, do you really or need just, to... Just, or if it just doesn't make sense to do. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no practicality in it. The, the, the things that, that stand out to me, uh, in, in the, 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 it makes less sense in the film. Like, Umbrella makes far less sense in the film than it does in the game. Yeah. For example. Which is saying a lot. That is saying a ton. The, the Arclay Mansion in the game has the lab underneath it. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense. But in the context of scary house, you know, thing, story, sure. Okay, that works. But the train that runs from <laughs> underneath the house... Under the city center to where the hive is actually located, that's baffling design. Yeah, and the fact that it's it's one it, it's that's just one entrance. Right. They do reference that as the the secret entrance, and there's another one which I'm assuming, like that Simpsons joke, is just like like 
barely hanging on by a latch and just dogs can just wander in. Well, you look at the... Uh... At the, at the graphic that they show, and they have some really, like, if if you want to see some computer-generated animation from 2002, oh boy, oh, howdy. That film's the place. That is a good spot for it. It's the Andrew W.K. of bad <laughs> 90s CGI. But the, uh, uh, you, can, you can look and see, there are actually, like, close to a dozen ent- exits from the hive to Raccoon City above. Yeah. Like, there's a little network of them. They've got little facilities that are only buried, like, a thousand feet down as opposed to half a mile. And here's the thing, right? If you're gonna have a big, impressive train station running to your secret lair, right, make that one the most public. Because at least, at least you're getting some mileage from it from, like, an impressing people standpoint. Right. Like, if you're bringing, like, people from the government or the military into your secret underground fucking lab, th- have them ride the train. Don't, if you're going to spend that much on a train, don't keep it secret. That, that's ultimately my advice to anyone, any prospective investors listening to the show, right? If you're going to spend millions on a secret magic train, don't make that one the secret bit. Yeah. Just have have the secret entrance just be, like, a really thick door. Or, <laughs> or, or make the fuckers walk. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that would stop... If I was going to intrude, if I wanted to sneak in and infiltrate the hive, which is, you know, Umbrella's secret underground lab, right? You show me I've got, I've got to walk five miles? <laughs> no, I'll go back in the mansion and sleep in the bed. So... All right, I guess we should talk about like the sort of the setup and plot of this. We a should, bit, yes. That, yes. So um, the film opens out with uh, an explanation of what Umbrella is, which you know, any time you start a movie with a like forty seconds of narrated voiceover mm-hmm. explaining the uh, exposition of the secret super corporation that's running everything behind the scenes and pointing out how really, really bad they are. Oh, you've really got to make a point of that, yeah. Like, they really do. I mean, they could have just said, like, evil corporation. I think they could have done none of that. Enough said. Well, I mean, that's true as well. Like, I mean, it's a horror movie and there's a corporation in it. Like, what do you expect? uh, In fact, and I don't think they should have stopped there when uh, cutting the opening of this film. Because uh, once they explain that Umbrella is evil, we're shown um, the T-Virus being sort of assembled and put into a case and taken out of some protective facility by a guy or a girl or someone. Mm -hmm. After uh, a brief moment where we're introduced to uh, that guy who looks like... The guy who looks like a young version of that guy from Beverly Hills Cop, whose name I've forgotten. uh, Judge Reinhold? Judge Reinhold, that's it. I, I don't know why I forget that name. I always forget his name, and it's like one of the most memorable names ever, Judge but, Reinhold. But you're right, you're right. The, the sort of, uh, I don't we know, a little... wormy, thin guy. You yeah. get introduced to the, the, the everyday Joe dude. Yeah, uh, we yeah. Get, you we get, get introduced a to him. look at, like, life in Umbrella. Right, and um, that's, yeah. okay. I mean, it's, again, it, but... It's, the T-virus thing, you know, is collected and taken out. Mm-hmm. And as the guy is leaving, the, or the person is leaving, I gotta not gender this, because we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to give away the twist. We don't want to give away the twist! Uh, but turns around and, and releases the T-virus into the room before exiting. 
And so we see the security system reacting to the T-virus in there, and we see sort of the hive being shut down because of this. And this is sort of set up as to why what's going to happen is going to happen. Yes. Uh, it's actually, in terms of, of movie intros, it's, it's actually pretty good, uh, I feel. I, I feel it's the best part of the film, actually, uh, as Umbrella employees are trying to get out of the lab and the security cameras keep shutting down the doors and locking everyone in there. And then there's a whole sequence with a woman trying to get out of an elevator in the... Not the cleverest way possible. This oh, elevator yeah. stops halfway no, okay. through a floor. She, and she was... Decided, she really thought that she was a size zero, okay? She was one of those people, and she was very thin. She, you know, she was not, you know, she had no, like, I wouldn't expect her to have any body issues, but, you know, maybe it's those people who are the thinnest that really That's, have the worst ones. Is that um, not our society? And yeah. is that not what Resident Evil was trying to teach us? <laughs> About the impossible body standards that we have in America. But I mean, see someone trying to squeeze out of an elevator well, uh, halfway through a had floor. kind of, you know, bigger hair than, you know, she has some curly hair. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, cats, uh, they have their whiskers, and their whiskers sort of grow out the, uh, you know, uh, pretty broad outside their head. And the reason that they're like that is it's so that they, they stick their head in something and it hits their whiskers and they can't clear that. Then they know that they're not going to get their neck out, they get their head stuck, and they don't do it. Yeah. Right. That's, that should have been her hair. Yes. Like, she could not have gotten her head through that with that hair. How the hell did she think she was going to get her shoulders through? Well, she she blew it. I she mean, it, let's be honest here. She blew it, and <laughs> and that was that was a shame. She, she, you know, maybe she thought she was fucking tombs from X Files or something. But but she fucked up, and and that was a whole sequence. And then that sequence ends with her head coming off. That's, that's and, the and that's and it 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 demonstrates that the AI isn't just murderous necessarily. It isn't just defending the facility, but it's, it's like, it could have just killed her on the first blow, right? Yeah. Oh, we should explain, by the way, that there, 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 are, there are many layers to this film, but we should explain so many layers. that, that a, a, a malevolent slash maybe not malevolent AI is controlling the hive. So much, so many shades of grey. Yes. And red. So many shades of red in this well, that, movie. Yes, that is the name of the, the AI is called the Red Queen. And that is based on the daughter of the pro... We've really gone off the rails. Like, I'm explaining things <laughs> that are now the... like an hour into the film. Right, but that's it. Like, this is... That's the problem, is that this is not organized in a way that uh, uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Because what's about to happen here, like, as soon as we see that first real death uh, of the woman in the elevator, because uh, we see some illusion of people dying we see some halon gas deaths but the first like shocking this is you're watching a horror movie now death is that kind of is that elevator thing yeah and and it's and, and it sets up that whatever's happening here whatever's doing this is a bad thing it's not just oh the virus is getting out it's a bad thing cut yeah. to <laughs> a nude mila jovovich yep in a shower uh, and this very is nude. Very nude. Very nude. You if get... I'm saying, I mean, not not the nudest she could be because there's a shower curtain, but in terms of nudity, it's up there with with nude. Yeah, it it ranks highly. And, and when well, at some point she's putting on a, a a towel. I think it is. 
and uh, and then there it's is a silken kimono, silken like, silk kimono. Some, some that's sort right, of gown. Yeah, some sort of gown. a silken gown. Very and, you know, and so you do. They 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 deliver the goods in Resident Evil early. You know, in that that okay, we. Well, they're worried the- that after seeing a woman's head come off in an elevator, they might have been a bit bored. Right. So it's like get, let's get the audience interested again. Like, but it's like the, it, it it's done with like it's tasteful enough. Yet obvious that they're just paying the dues and getting it out of the way. Yeah, but I mean, by the standards of horror movies, video games, and this movie, it is tasteful. Yes. It's the, it's the fucking writs of, <laughs> of discretionary bit nudie shots. And in fact, I think this sequence here uh, that, that happens is the best in the film. Right. Um, so basically, the, 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 the thing starts with Mila Jovovich. She wakes up. Um, can't remember anything. Right, but the way it tells you that is so great because she doesn't com- she doesn't talk to anybody. She doesn't communicate with anyone. Mm-hmm. It it reveals her amnesia through uh, uh, you know her acting confused certainly, but the real clever bit is the note that she yeah. checks uh, to see her, the handwriting is hers. Yeah, there's a note that says today all your dreams will come true or something like that. Yeah, and, and she writes tries to write that underneath and realizes it's not her handwriting. Right. Which, yeah, it is a very clever visual way it, of expressing amnesia. And it does a it does a lot. It's a long period of no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even like a whole lot of creepy noise or anything to build tension. It's just her uh, sort of assessing the situation and communicating what she's learning to the audience in an effective manner. It's really well shot. Mm-hmm. The movie stops being good the moment she opens her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like they had this really good taste. Like they had what I thought was, was a very good um, action slash horror intro. Then they had that very quiet, very well shot, very well paced moment with Mila uh, Jovovich like, trying to remember. Sorry, um, Alice, Alice, Alice Redentine, yes. uh, trying to remember, you know, and or dealing with amnesia. And then it's like the movie just thought, fuck that. Let's just have people in gas masks kick open the doors. Let, let's cut to, to fucking Michelle Rodriguez like yelling and screaming early. And then from there, the movie just is, is on its own roller coaster. Yeah, and it becomes a completely different film, right? And like that, it, it uh, sets up your expectations for what the movie is going to be a few times <laughs> in the opening, only yeah. to say, no, 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 this is this is the movie we're making. This this one here, we're doing this. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, which the sad thing is, is like for all of that well paced stuff with with Alice at the beginning, all it really was was an excuse for them to say, right, this is a mansion. You've got your your reference to the game. Yes. Now we've got that out the way. Here's some people with gas masks and guns. Now we're on the Anderson train. Right, and well, and that I I like the I, I like this element. I like how that is told to the audience too. The hey, this is my this is my shit. Screw you. Is yeah, that fuck the first, off. The first thing to jump through a window isn't a dog. No, it's this security team that's totally unexpected. That's completely, you know, in the context of like stars. Sure, stars came into the mansion, but they didn't do it coming through the windows. No, this says, hey, this film is not what you thought it was going to be. It's not going to be some slow-paced, uh, wander around zombie corridors kind of deal. Um, it's a very well executed fuck you to the intended audience. Right. I'll give it that much. Right. Uh, it is, this is not Romero's script. No. You know, um, George Romero was, uh, 
hired to write uh, Resident Evil at some point, and apparently his script sucked. Oh, okay. So, uh, so they went with this one. They, they hired Paul W.S. Anderson, and, and they rewrote the script, and, and on yeah, it Actually, went. given a lot of the latter-day of the dead movies, I... I have no doubt that Romero could have done a worse job. Oh, certainly. Certainly think that that's possible. Um, He's not that good. No, no. I mean, if I we're think, being honest. Yeah, I think Dawn of the Dead is an excellent movie. I think uh, Night of the Living actually, Dead is, is very good. Yeah, I actually prefer Day of the Dead to, to I, either of those I, two. That, okay, see, now, this is why I love you, Jim. Because you get it. Like, I think that those two are objective, like, like from a, a, an accessibility standpoint, mm-hmm. those are the better movies. Right. The one I enjoy watching the most is, ah, is Day of the Dead. There uh, we go. I, yeah. I, I love Bob. I find that a fascinating film. Yeah. Um, and then he took it too far. Yes. Uh, everything after Day of the Dead is Romero taking it too far. But, but here, at, at this point, and, yeah. and we also have to think about history uh, a little bit when we're looking at Resident Evil, because this is 2002. Like, mm-hmm. this is just on the cusp, right before we start to see the resurgence of zombies as major horror characters in That's true. film. And, yeah. and, and you can tell that because the zombies are not a major horror character in this <laughs> film. No, no, but we'll not. get to that. No. Uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, right. We are, we're doing that thing we do. Yeah. So let's let's focus in. Well, I mean, I I think I want to go with... I I actually want to go with broad strokes on the plot now because I don't want to cover some other things. Right, and because Um, a lot of it is now... Like, we've sort of established what the movie is going to be after a certain point because now we know it's going to be this uh, sort of defense play situation uh, and and escape from location. And and honestly, more of a sci-fi action film than a a horror film. Yeah. you know, once once the kung fu starts coming out, uh, it really is um, basically that it's Resident Evil by way of the Matrix. So um, I guess maybe we should talk about the characters a little bit then, uh, and and who they and who we're yeah, introduced yeah, to. Because yeah. in a, I'll tell you what I want to do first. I'll tell you what I want to do first because because we did touch upon it with with the zombies and and and, sure. and everything. Uh, I want to talk deaths now. Now we are in spoiler territory. If I mean, I would advise. You really watch the films before even listening to these shows. Yeah, that's probably because it's going to be pretty inaccessible. Yeah, although in as much as like you can recommend watching some of these movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I recommend asterisk that you watch the films. But I want to talk about death because I did the math. Uh Um, Because I've I've for a long time complained about a certain scene in this film. And this time I'm, I took a record of, of who dies where uh, in order to really contextualize my issue. So in this zombie film, based on a zombie game, of a cast of ten main characters, right? Right. One person is directly outright killed by zombies. One person. There is a man who gets basically chewed to bits in an and, elevator and that, by a pile And that of is zombies. a homage to dawn of the dead yeah very much so. very it's very, totally obvious homage to dawn of the very dead overt. doing that um, now if we go latter like like one step removed from a direct zombie death uh, we have one character bitten by a zombie who turns at the very end of the film um now we can count that do you want 
How, I mean, how charitable do you want to be to the zombies in this film? Do you want to attribute a turning scene to a zombie? Well, that's technically true. They were killed by the zombie. But, you know, I love the character that this happens to um, because it is also another, like, subtle reference to the game, I think. I think this character is in, in some clever ways a subtle reference because they don't In get... that she's crass. Well, no, actually. Crass Although uh, that is... That those things are both true also. No, it's because she just keeps getting bit. <laughs> just keeps getting mm-hmm. bit. Like, gets bit on the hand first. Then she gets bit further up the arm. Then she gets further bit up the arm. Then she gets bit on the neck. Like, just like the game. That is true. That is true. Yeah, she's got, she's got HP. She has health <laughs> levels. You know, she's, she's flashing on... Um, Dan- on, on danger, <laughs> like, towards the latter half of the film. Um, but, yeah, so we'll attribute that to zombies. So sure. in a cast of ten, that is two deaths attributable to the zombie. Right. Uh, two zombies. Next stage, we've got... Um, there is another antagonist that turns up, uh, basically referred to in film as the creature, but... It, it mutates halfway through the film, uh, but this first stage is very much a liquor from Resident Evil 2. Uh, it's a liquor, but it's referred to as a hunter in at one point in the film. So it's supposed to, I guess, once it evolves, I think it's trying to tick the two boxes of two of the, the series' more iconic non-zombie monsters, the, the liquor and the hunter. Um, so we'll just I'll just refer to it as, as the liquor. Um, that gets two direct kills, and... And an infection that we never see the end result of, at least in this film. So, um, 2.5 <laughs> deaths, I'll say, attributable to uh, that, to, to the liquor. And so now we're up to 4.5 deaths attributable to the T-virus. 4.5 deaths attributable to the T-virus overall. Four fucking kills to the lasers! <laughs> Four! <laughs> There is a scene in which, and this is right near the beginning. This is before we, before the zombies even emerge as a threat, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost half the cast is killed by a corridor with some lasers in it. It's like they, it's like they got down there and they're like, whoa, we got way too many characters. But have them all (laughs) munched on by zombies. You needed one person in that corridor. One person. You have one guy in there, like, ducking and avoiding the lasers and having it, like, cut bits of his equipment so that we know it's sharp and deadly. Then after a scene... I have a lot of problems with that scene and the way they do the lasers. Like, a lot of problems with that. Yeah. Well, first of all, the lasers look way too thick to do the paper-thin cuts they're doing. That's already... That's that's bollock strike number one. Okay. The The first laser I was okay with. You know, that thickness aside, that was fine. I didn't think the angle seemed right, even after her slumping forward a little bit from being dead. That 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 angle didn't yeah. seem right. But then, yeah, we'll we'll give this a play by play. So they go in the corridor thinking it's safe. Right. The door's shut, locking four four okay. of them inside the corridor. And can I point out for just one moment, backing it up? Yeah. Moments, yeah. Let's back this train up. Moments. So the whole the reason that they're down there, they're yeah. down at the very bottom of the hive. Because they need to disable the artificial intelligence that's operating the, the security for the building yes. so that they can move freely and figure out what happened and rescue any survivors. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
Now, it's weird how many people do and do not know and to what extent they know stuff about the T-virus. Like, I don't quite get some of that, but whatever. We can move past it. The movie certainly seems to. Yeah. The movie uh, doesn't care. Why should we? Right. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> but they're down here to, to shut off this AI, and yep. they've got everyone in the corridor with the little EMP bomb that they're going to use to accomplish this. Yeah. And... Sorry. My refrigerator decided to be loud. Okay, no cut, worries. I thought you'd out. been shut in a corridor then, and lasers would come Yeah, on. exactly. Yeah, lasers came bits. on. Lasers came... No, but to the... Why... You know, this is this is like a really sophisticated security system. Yeah, that, that you have to like. <laughs> I know what you're going to say as like, well. That you have to outwit, right? Yes. <laughs> why? Why do you explain out loud exactly what you're going to do to shut down the artificial intelligence moments before you do that, while your team is in a position where they could still be prevented from accomplishing their task? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why would you do point. that? But the but the the smart character, the smart guy, the, mm-hmm. the most intelligent of the characters on this. Who, by game, the way, is is played in such a way as he comes across as the dumbest character. Unbelievable. On script, the smartest. In practice, the stupidest. Um, so oh well, we're going to use this EMP bomb to shut yeah. down the AI. Click. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck, dude? Way to go. Everybody on that team should be really pissed at him. So the the door shuts after they think they're safe. There's four four of them inside this corridor. The laser zooms forward and and they all duck except one of them. Is it four or is it three? It's four. Okay. Oh, I counted. Okay. Um... But so it's, and it's worth noting that the, like the 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 commander of the unit is in there, and and you spent he he delivers enough exposition over the course of the film that you get the impression he might be like you know third from the end to die, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like he's, I guess maybe that was the big twist of it. Right. Was was this, I apologize if if there's beeps and bloops going on my computer by the way, listeners. Um, but I'm not Laura. I'm not going to edit them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but anyway, this this laser comes across and gets someone's fingers and gets um, this woman's. Uh, basically, slices through her, and it's like the big. It's, it's basically like the beginning of Ghost Ship, where it's like, oh, she stood there really still, but now her head's slowly sliding off because it cut her so thin, like. Um, and it comes back at a different angle. Right, well, it comes out, and when it comes back, it's lower. It's uh, around yeah. heel level, and so they're all thinking, okay, we're going to jump over it. Oh, but, oh clever laser! Yeah, suddenly swoops upward. Swoops up, cuts a guy in half, clean in half, um, and and then and then the uh, okay this again now that this is my thing. Umbrella's really incompetent. Like Umbrella's just super incompetent. I don't understand how they got as far as they did because this guy who's supposed to be the fucking expert has plenty of time to not go through the effort of raising himself parallel to the ceiling so that the laser can slightly go under and cut his knife in half. Yeah. He could have just let go of the thing he was holding on, dropped down. That laser probably would have passed just as easily over him. Yeah. But no, no. He's got to show off what a badass he is. Um, right before then, the, the laser does its third pass. Which, to be honest, 
should have been the first pass right. if this whole security system was as sophisticated as we're supposed to think it is. Then it starts coming at him like a fucking net. You know, it goes all crisscrossy and it's unavoidable and he goes, shit. And then it goes through him and then he, he stood there for a moment and then his eye melts and then he falls into a bunch, bunch of chunks. And I can't remember how the third person died, but there was definitely four people in there. <laughs> I remember it. See, I was counting. Uh-oh. I'm now starting to doubt myself because yeah. I can't remember how the other guy well, died. I mean, there's... Okay, so the, the, the two people... I'm going to double people, check. Yeah, two people got hit by the first laser, the woman who got her... Uh, neck chopped and the guy lost his fingers yeah but I and there don't... was a blood there was a blonde guy as well and i think it just gets because because did we the just guy lose his... him did he just get lost he in the budget for the special effects because i remember the guy who had his fingers chopped wasn't blonde but there's one blonde guy who gets one line which is just something like what the hell is that uh and it's really badly delivered um i'm gonna type in resident evil laser scene <laughs> just to make sure that it's four fucking people um, but anyway, while that's playing, uh, I've got that playing on mute. So anyway, um, the, the main thing is, is the, it's that, that they kill half of the cast in one fell swoop. Cast. Uh, certainly the, the, the kind of, you know, the cast that, uh, the, 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 the fodder cast, they lose valuable zombie fodder. Cause in a zombie film, if you're not going to make it to the end, you should ideally be killed by zombies slash, you know, the, the, the human who inevitably turns. Um, but but here's my main problem with the laser scene, is we're supposed to think, you know, it's supposed to be a tense scene of, oh my God, the laser's moving around, it's really spooky scary. Uh, oh yeah, that's three people going in with him, by the way. Death okay. Right. I'm going to k- try and keep an eye on this to work out how the third one dies. <laughs> um, but anyway, you needed maybe two people in there. One for the initial shock of, oh, the head's come off. And then have the other one doing all sorts of ducking and weaving, avoiding the laser as it goes back and forth, back and forth. That can be very tense. And then the big twist of, oh my god, it's a grid. Um, it's gone straight through them. You only needed up a maximum of two. Oh, at, at You most. could have done it with one. And instead, there's, and I'm looking at it now, four fuckers. <laughs> four fucking fuckers in that fucking corridor before, we've, before the zombies have even come out. Uh, right, I'm watching it now. Everyone ducks. All three of them duck. The woman gets got. So that's her done. And the bloke's fingers come off as well. Because for some reason when he fell, he kept... He was trying to high-five the laser <laughs> or something. So she's looking all confused. The blood's coming off her and her head's slidden right off. While Alice is acting like really sad as if she knows these people when she doesn't. Which, um, which by the way, we... Oh, God, we totally forgot to explain Spence. Who is, like, crucial to this story. Yes. Because we, we were so busy talking about the trade, we didn't talk about what happens on the train. Indeed. <laughs> so, so, oh, God, this is Shit, terrible. okay, so we, one of them did get forgotten about. The guy with the fingers. Oh, he's just... I man. think we, we're just supposed to assume he bled <laughs> out. From the laser's fingers. Yeah. Okay. One thing I'm also noticing, as I've seen it, is when the lasers go crisscross as it's coming towards him, all of the bodies that were on the floor aren't there. <laughs> Continuity is fucked in that scene. Because there's no... The bodies disappear momentarily to give us a sense of distance. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so the laser scene is... The laser scene... That, all right, so, okay. Yeah. That was my first... Like, that's when I started hating this film. Which, incidentally, I watched properly for the first time yesterday um, to, for this show. Um, mostly because... 
when I uh, when I watched it the first time, the laser scene upset me. <laughs> like genuinely ruined my day. Right. And I kept watching for a little bit. And the moment at which I stopped was when the smart tech wizard guy, um, he was dying off zombie bites. Um, and he's, he's doing one of those noble sacrifice scenes that aren't really a noble sacrifice because he is dying anyway, so it was not like he was sacrificing anything. Um, telling everyone to go and leave him while all the zombies were clambering around trying to bite at him. And the moment I switched this film off the very first time was when he had a gun and put the gun in his mouth and then Alice hears a shot and we assume he killed himself but it cuts right back and he's there having shot a zombie and then looks down at all the other zombies and goes, you're gonna have to work for your meal! And that's when I turned it off. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, I can't watch a film with more, more lines like that in it. Um... But I did watch it a second time, and that was back when I was working at Destructoid, and I did a movie commentary of it with um, Anthony Birch and uh, Aaron Lindy and um, uh, Topher Cantler and, and sort of the old the old crew from the Destructoid days. Um, so yesterday is the first time I ever watched it without distraction and to completion. It was just me, my pizza rolls, and Resident Evil, uh, which you know allowed me to run the math, uh, the important, <laughs> the important, the important equations on the deaths. Um, so yeah, yeah, so no, Laser it takes I, half the cast basically, and there's just a, a level of incompetence in, in Umbrella that I just cannot get behind. Yes, like at all. Like this, this Red Queen security system. Yes, okay. so yeah, the hive is governed by uh, an artificial intelligence called the Red Queen, which is based on the the head programmer's daughter. So it's a it's a it's it's your stereotypical creepy little girl, but also a hologram, basically. Basically, and she is red. She is red. They got that bit right. Yeah. I, th again, again, two thousand two computer animation, and I think it's worth noting that she looks better than just about any of the other computer animation in this film. And, and to be honest, has better facial expressions interacting than most of the live cast. Yeah. Yeah. That's... She's yeah. actually a better actor. The, the little girl they got to voice is a better actor than half of them there. Yeah. No, she, she's, she's actually pretty good. And yeah. I don't... I didn't... I, I think Michelle Rodriguez, while the character is sort of uh, the crass... She can get a laugh. She can make that character work for her. Um, I, I was able to chuckle. Okay. He was all right. I mean, it was, it was a tacky character, very tacky stock character. Right. I mean, all, almost all of them were, you well, know, they the were thing. all very That was stock. the thing is that I, my, my problem with it is that I wanted to go over the characters and none of them are memorable. Really? Not like, really. No. I mean, none even of the Alice. going in there. Yeah. Even, well, Alice has nothing really going on because she spends most of the movie Going through her, I'm still amnesiac uh, stint, yeah. and 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 can I can I while I'm talking about how incompetent Umbrella is, mm -hmm. do you think maybe they could have or would have wanted to pursue a concussive agent in the mansion that didn't inflict amnesia on people as a defense mechanism? Wouldn't you want to be able to interrogate the people you knocked out in the mansion? Yeah, like you think the knocking out would be enough? Right, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that should have been sufficient. For what was going on, uh, that's just bad, like uh, ex badly exposed plot writing. And why did why did Umbrella need to knock out people in the mansion anyway? Well, I mean, if they're escaping through the mansion, you know, if, 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 which if, no one was, and the Red Queen knew it. Oh, that's yes, that's the other thing. She sees everything <laughs> everywhere. 
How does she not know? It's like she gassed the two characters in the mansion for a laugh. And then... And it doesn't communicate back. What kind of defense system, what kind of security system doesn't report back to headquarters what's happened? Yeah. Like, do they not have a link to her? Do the security cameras not go to some head office as well as her? Have they not figured that out, how to broadcast? It's just... What's Umbrella's deal? How have they made money? (laughs) They've spent, like, billions on all this equipment that that just does its own thing for a giggle and doesn't tell anyone to the point where they've got to send in an equally inept team through, a, through an expensive train to get to this underground base where the computer system gassed everyone and killed everyone, um, sometimes unnecessarily, and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> Right, if I if I was in, if I was the umbrella CEO, do you know what I'd have done? Asked. <laughs> then I'd I'd have I'd have picked up the phone or like you know the modem or, or however it is you speak to an AI remotely. I refuse to believe that they didn't have a way of doing it. It's just not that plausible. And asked. Yeah. I'd have just said, "Hey, Red Queen, the fuck is up?" So then, then okay. This becomes Team Stupid or Team Evil, though. Because (laughs) if it seems infeasible that they could be so stupid as to not ask, that means that they probably did ask and sent them anyway. (laughs) On purpose. I mean, mean, we we can also assume the potential idea that... And I I can't remember the details of Resident Evil 2. It's been too long. Well, It's been too long and also not long enough. And not um, relevant to this conversation yet. Not relevant to this conversation yet. So I can't remember what their... I mean, it doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't matter what their, what Umbrella's motivations are at this point because that movie hadn't been written yet. So as far as we know, we don't know whether they did it on purpose. We don't know if they wanted to infect Raccoon City as the end game, if they wanted the virus out or what. All we know is Umbrella sent some people down there and probably didn't need to. Yeah. yeah. Either that or... Well, but just uh, shit don't work. At they got a lot of money in, in, invested in that place. They built that whole fucking train. I mean, they're gonna want to be able to go down there and get resources out eventually. I understand that. You you don't just fill in something that big with concrete. Send more than seven people. Right, and and maybe not have you know a kill switch two hour seal the door thing. Yeah, which is another. Also, here's another point. <laughs> There's that cop dude who shows up in the mansion. Right, yes. The raccoon city police uh, guy. What's his name? See, that's the thing. I can't remember any of their names. I'm just going to call him Muscle Neck. Because his neck muscles are very prominent in the film. He does have some some mighty neck muscles. Officer Muscle Neck turns up. And his, his role in the film is supposed to be a mystery. I'll spoil it for you now. He wanted to expose Umbrella. And that's why he was in the mansion. Say what? He is Matt. Matt Addison. Matt Addison, Officer Muscleneck. Now, we know that the Umbrella security people know that the mansion knocks people out because at one point, one of the main characters says that, oh, the, the mansion security system's kicked in, they can't remember anything. Right, they, they know. Do, but they also know that it's a, it's a potential side effect and the time of uh, its, its duration can be variable. So They know all this. They know all this. But my point is, is they know that they're doing incredibly top secret shit. 
they see a stranger who they don't know. Yes. And the leader's assessment is, bring him with us. <laughs> bring him with us. Yeah. Why? <sighs> to have plot. That's the only motivation. Yes. He should have... Like, when Michelle Rodriguez was like, what do we do with him? Basically implying that they should kill him there and then, which they should have done. Yes. You know, I'm not saying from a moral standpoint they should have done. From a fucking, that makes sense for their aims standpoint, they should have shot him in the head, and that's the last we should have thought about Officer fucking Muscles. And she right? had upset for a while until her memory came back and realized this is the cost of doing business. Yes. Instead, the leader... Bring him with us. Bring this total outsider down into the top secretest secret secret that we have. He should have just said, we need him for the plot. Bring him along. <laughs> so anyway, like, this is all before, like, we've, we've spent, like, well, we've what, we've we? almost 15 minutes. Through the first and half we of haven't the movie. Got we haven't got even gotten to the zombies. Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's but that's indicative of this whole process, right? That is. It's indicative of the film. I mean, the zombies are an afterthought in the film. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, after what feels like eight hours, zombies show up, and it's it's very typical zombie fare. For any of the zombie films, I think. There's the standard, oh, she bit me. I don't know she's a zombie, though, because zombie films don't exist. So we're going to shoot them in the leg, and oh my god, the bullets don't put them down. And eventually she gets, you know, machine guns, and then a whole bunch of other zombies turn up. They get their, their, their one direct kill of the film you know, by munching I, I on watched it with my wife last night. And yeah. uh, she had the same kind of reaction to that. To the, you know, why is it that nobody has seen a fucking zombie movie? In a zombie movie. And, yeah. and I get that. And I, my, I, like, I had a justification for it. It's like, well, they're trained to shoot center mass. Like, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense, but yeah, you're it right. It always makes it's, sense, but it's, it's such a, a, a played Yes, trope it's been it's very, such, very done. Yeah, like, we've all seen that scene. And to be honest, that scene should have ended with Shaun of the Dead. Like, they, they codified it and made fun of it to the point where any, anything... Bef why am I bringing that up? Shaun of the Dead was long after the first Resident Evil. Uh, Resident only, Evil's it was like, only like a couple of years. Oh, that's true. But it was it was after Resident Evil, sure. so I shouldn't be attacking that for that. But even by that standard, I think it was already overplayed enough. Yes, no, um, you're right. But anyway, um, we're getting off the point. The point is that zombies happen, and from then on, the film just just doesn't bother with the plot anymore. It just moves from one sort of zombie encounter to another, like. And then Alice starts to get bits of her memory back, which allows her to become the Matrix. <laughs> and here's my other big issue with the film. She's kicking zombies unconscious. She's doing massive head trauma with her foot. I, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> I refuse to believe any human can kick, can kick hard enough to liquefy a brain through a skull. She's kicking zombies unconscious. And I can also tell that because the one bit where she kicks a zombie in the head and it falls backwards, you can see the actor breathing. <laughs> so I, I refuse to believe it's anything but kicking him unconscious, which she, she does to a zombie dog as she well. She does. Well, and that's the I have kung fu moment, um, or I know kung fu moment of this movie, um, where she's been uh, engaged in 
hiding for the most part, and she meets that first zombie and sort of punches him, or no, or bangs him against a, an electrical panel or something. I can't remember how he goes down, or no, throws him into a, uh, it th- throws him into a wall of glass shelves with chemicals. Oh, she kicks him. Yes. She kicks him. She does a roundhouse kick and kicks the zombie unconscious. Right. And and he flies into the glass because that's that's why all labs have those shelves with glass. Yeah, so they can get smashed at some point. (laughs) Yeah. And she gets the gun off him. Right. And she starts to remember it's around this time. I mean, I want to paint with broad strokes. She's being being chased by zombie zombie dog. Zombie dog. And the zombie dog makeup's pretty good. Actually, I got to give them it's, credit for this. this they slathered meat on them dogs. Yeah, that that those dogs, those dogs were pretty good looking. I liked that. Uh, but then she comes out and she, you know, <laughs> do a really, really poorly cut scene of her shooting like nine or ten dogs. Yeah, where they just do these there's fast cuts between, you know, like there's a computer, slightly computer edited dog face on the screen, and now there's a gun, and now there's a dog face, and now there's a gun. And it's pretty awful, but um, and then she kicks the last one in the big sort of matrixy <laughs> hand shot thing. She kicks the zombie unconscious twice, <laughs> and then later on she fucking gets her thighs round one of their necks and breaks the zombie's neck, which I don't think is possible. I'm not a doctor. I don't think it's possible. I reckon Conrad, right? <laughs> Me and you, right? I could have my milky thighs around your head. For a month, right? And you'd be fed with a tube or something. Oh, yeah, well, so and, then I'd be fine, yeah. And I'd be trying my best. And the worst that would get is you'd get clammy ears. Maybe an ear infection <laughs> from, from just having the, them sweaty, sweaty thighs plugging your ear holes up for a month. I would not break your neck. And, and to be honest, if, anyone, if, if it's a competition between my thighs and Mila Jovovich's thighs, right? Right. I know which one I'd put money on to break a neck first. And and neither of us would. That's the point. But she's breaking necks with her thighs. She does everything with her legs throughout the whole <laughs> film. She's got, like, these magic pneumatic legs that can just liquefy brains through skulls slash kick zombies unconscious and break necks. That's basically what she does throughout the whole film while remembering throughout that eventually, oh, she was really trying to bring Umbrella down from the inside and her contact was the brother of Officer Muscles. There's a whole thing. Right, you know, and then th- it turns out that Spence is, like, his memory comes back and he remembers that he was the one who unleashed the T-virus to make Alice happy because she wanted Umbrella brought down and he thought this this would do it and they'd sell the T-virus on the open market and make a ton of money. Which, incidentally, I should point out, Umbrella never sold the T-virus. No. They've, they've put so much money and effort into covering up, testing, using... They never made any money off that fucking thing. So no wonder they were bought out by fucking Target or whatever. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so anyway, that's the whole point of the film, basically. Oh, yeah. But it, well, I mean, and eventually we're left with um, uh, Officer <laughs> Fancy Pants. Yeah. Uh, and, and Alice uh, escaping out through the mansion... Quick thought about that. Now, yeah, her memory's back by now. She's got all this badass security training. Why yeah. is it that they immediately make for the door rather than for the armory of guns that she knows are stored in the bedroom that she got That's her true. dress in? 
Mind you, I guess by that point they think they're out of it and there's no more danger. But then she's pretty shitty security too. Yeah, like, yeah. Because then, lo and behold, guys in Evo suits come in and and take Officer Matt and and name drop the Nemesis Project. Yeah, because his arm's mutating because he got scratched by the liquor. Yeah, and... Uh, Little worms come out of his arms. <laughs> they did, yes. I, oh, God, that was a terrible effect. <laughs> little worms. Little worms. They look like little bits of like goldfish poo just sort of squirming out of his arm. And he's all like, ah, stop it. And then Alice is taken, and she they, they take her to a Raccoon City facility, and some time passes, and she wakes up, and the place is... And then we see a bit of her mons pubis. <laughs> That's true. Because the, the, we had the classy nude scene, and then it's just, you know what, just 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 flash some gash. Well, it's like, you know, you made it this far. Yeah. You're, you're probably and it's of a really certain, unpleasant yeah. as well because yeah. it's like because because she's just pulled like needles out of her yeah it's... she's bleeding and bruised and looking horrible but the film was like nah 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 don't worry about that here's a here's a cheeky bit of oh was that some muff oh you got your you got your pause button ready kids yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um so anyway the the, the, it turns out she goes in an ending that, to be honest, lasted so much longer than it should. Well, have. it's because they they put multiple endings in. Like the I mean, the movie could just as the movie could and rightly should have begun, not with the introduction about what Umbrella is, not with the day in the life of Umbrella escape sequence, which only exists to serve as a look how clever we were moment. Later, yeah. when it's revealed that Spence is the traitor character. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, he's the one who knocked... Because <laughs> we spent the whole film wondering, who is it that <laughs> knocked the coffee of bargain basement Judge Reinhold? Who was it who knocked the coffee? And then later on we find out the big twist is that Spence knocked the coffee as he was escaping. And we like, ah, fuck yeah. He's the coffee knocker. <laughs> I mean, it's it's up there. Yeah, it's it's up there with, with with twists. So just just as the the film should have started with Alice waking up in that shower, it should have ended at it, it could have ended at any of these other points. And I don't yes. know what's preferable. I really don't. But you know, it could have ended when they exit the thing. It could have ended when they're when she they send her to the facility. But no, ultimately, I mean, when she's banging on the window and it scrolls that, like, that like Don is been, backwards. That's an ending. That was an ending shot. And then it just carried on. <laughs> and then the eventual twist is, oh my God, Raccoon City's been taken over by zombies. Which, again, we could have cut straight to that from anywhere else. Right. We could have had put him in the Nemesis program and while she's struggling, have it zoom out and they could have already shown that Raccoon City taken over. They could have done so much to just wrap the fucking film up and get to whatever horrible music was playing in the credits. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of horrible music. Uh, I'll tell you what, that film is a tribute to what movie soundtracks were uh, in the early 2000s. Well, here's, here's the sad, like, uh, the combat music is the mm -hmm. worst. Like, <laughs> Not a fan. The most repetitive industrial rock Crap! I think I ever heard the movie. That's all I hear. Right, right, right. So, Marilyn Manson did it, and that makes me so sad. 
I like, I, I, you know, I like, I'm fond of a Marilyn Manson. I'm fond of Marilyn Manson. soundtrack was god awful. It was, it was horrendous. And, and, and the, the only thing I could, the only, like, when I looked that up, because I was like, this is so bad. I have to know who's responsible for this music. And then I see it's Marilyn Manson. Like, and that's, you, oh, no, that's no, really Marilyn. disappointing. But, no, Marilyn. But he's not a musician. I've never thought of him as a musician. He's an art, he's a performance artist, he's a writer. Mm-hmm. Musician, not so much. There was a period of time where Marilyn Manson surrounded himself with some talented musicians and made some good music. Mm-hmm. But he's not a musician. No, I mean... It, like, this like, proves it. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you, I don't know why him. Like, was Trent Reznor busy that day? <laughs> I don't know. He's the guy you go to when you want that shit and you want it to be good. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they phone Trent up and it's like, I can't, I'm busy. Like... Here's, here's a number of a guy I know. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was Paul's idea, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> it's because the kids like him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's basically Resident Evil in a nutshell. Now, basically, before we sign off, I... I uh, like, it's not a good film. It's not a good film. And I think, for me, the issue I have more than anything with it is... The film was clearly designed from the outset to just introduce us to and make a movie series about Alice Redentine. Yeah. I feel like that's the the whole point of the film was just a prequel. It was a prequel story for Alice. Yeah. I don't know. Who I don't well, clearly I don't... Anderson was like, you know, head over heels in love with this character. Oh, really? He was and... head he was head over heels in love with Jovovich. With Milo, yeah, yeah, so, the t- yeah, certainly. You know, and, um, and he has and he has managed to provide her with a very profitable vehicle for her career to do, you know, to do the money stuff, and then she can go and do the fun, artistic, intelligent movies that she would rather be doing. Yes, um, yeah, she can go do things that she's actually, you know, really fucking good in. And so that's um, like, like, I, it's a more power to you situation yeah, yeah, from certainly. my perspective i think that they've really worked out something great uh, it was a lu- it was certainly a, it was a lucrative business idea that went off really well and from that I, I i hold i don't hold that against them no um but it god it made some shit films it, the and and i never got the I, to me the the way they treat alice is the same way like square enix treats lightning in its final fantasy games it's like i don't see it yeah I, there's no personality there's no like all it is is good at kicking that's her personality I, i'm hoping good at kicks i have this is the only resident evil movie i've ever seen before ah okay so i have no experience whatsoever oh. with what happens later in the series you're in for a treat well we that's... have such sights to show you oh. i will say the second one from what i remember is actually somewhat better than the first. I could be remembering it wrong, but I think it's actually it might actually be called Nemesis. But um, I know I, I, from what I remember, Nemesis is in it, and it's actually not a bad film. Yeah, I, the second. Let me see here. Oh god, damn it! Uh, that's not useful. Apocalypse is next. Apocalypse. There we uh, go. Resident Evil Apocalypse is, is next. Yeah. I thought that was the third one. I, I, it doesn't really matter. Apocalypse, Extinction, <laughs> Afterlife, Retribution, and the forthcoming final chapter in Seth's gotcha. release in 2017. Wonderful. Um, oh, so we've got some time then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we will go through them. There's, I've, seen, I've seen the second one and bits of one of the other ones. And the bits I saw were cool. And the bits, well, the, 
bits of the bits I saw were cool, and then the rest of it was shite. It's, but we'll it's get to my those. hope that they, you know, over the course of six films, inject some personality into Alice. Like, if I'm going to be on this ride for this long, <laughs> uh, I don't have to like her. I just like there to be something to have an emotion about. The, the only thing I will say about the, the upcoming films is they do at some point find a very, very, very solid Wesker. Okay. Oh, I can That's get behind something to that. give you to look forward to. I can get behind that. Yeah. Because Spence um, was no Wesker. No. No, he wasn't. You know, they, they needed to have that character in there. You know, I, I appreciate the effort that was put to in some respects, to make more subtle reference to Resident Evil as yeah. a concept and a structure. And let's not forget that um, the games, at least, thought that the movie had enough clever ideas to start incorporating some of them into the games. Mm. I mean, the uh, the laser scene is in Resident Evil 4. That's true. And yeah. it's got one guy in that corridor. It didn't need four. <laughs> and um, I've... I've I'm trying to remember if they actually did a Red Queen at some point in the games. I I don't I well, I haven't played all the games either. I like I skipped. Uh, I, I never played remember. Code Veronica or Zero. Again, I'm just gonna. I think that there was a you know there was some there was definitely something with one of the scientists' daughters being used as the basis for something in. I know in the uh, Resident in the remake of the first Resident Evil game. Um, the daughter of, of someone is experimented on. Right. But um, other than that, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, and and it doesn't matter. No, and I'm yeah, I'll, I'm gonna <laughs> probably die not knowing if I'm if I'm honest. Oh, oh, another thing, another oddity, another weird uh, umbrella is a wasteful corporation kind of deal. Yeah. What's with the the double helix? vials to store the t-virus in it's not efficient is it no i mean is that just is that literally for marketing like were they just planning to sell them and why why are you marketing that you don't need it to would market catch your that. eye if, if you see that on a shelf at walmart <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> it doesn't need to be pretty it's a virus that kills everything it should yeah. be practical um but yeah I don't, I don't think the red queen was in the thing i don't quite I'm not sure, but but anyway, the point is is that the the film shit. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil, it's it's shit, but it's watchable shit. I will say that. Yeah, like I having didn't hate watching it. Um, yeah, having watched it again and allowing myself to get over the work for your meal line. <laughs> apart from that one scene, it's it's watchable trash. Well, so it was a growth experience for you. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's watchable garbage uh there's not I, I i didn't feel awful about myself for having watched it like it's okay give it a numerical rating a num i should give it a numerical rating <laughs> i've just decided i've decided that, that at the end at the end of these podcasts we're gonna rate you, them uh, you something out of them. something yeah oh okay. i don't i don't oh, oh you're not gonna you do it do. you're not gonna you're just gonna make me give it some sort of and i'll agree with whatever you arbitrary say arbitrary number <laughs> Uh, no, I this I think this is a very middle of the road movie for what right. we're going to experience on this. Um, it is. I think that's part of the reason why we chose it was because it's not, it's not like surprisingly good and it's not surprisingly bad. It's it's very much it's your def default video game movie. Right. It, it's very vanilla. It in attempts that regard. it attempts some interesting things. 
It does a couple of things really well. It does a lot of other stuff not well at all. Um, yeah. the, the, the liquor animations are so mercifully brief. <laughs> like, they knew, I mean, it's, yeah. they knew how dumb that looked. And they were like, but we have to have it here. So we're going to make it as short as possible. The time the liquor looks the best is when you are looking at it as shown on another screen inside yes. the frame of the movie. That's what it's the most believable. So it's shit like that. And they could probably couldn't have helped that uh, between budget and the, you know, simply the capabilities of the time. Uh, but the bad stuff that's in it, I think, is, is at least something you can laugh at. It's not something to get, like, why the fuck did you destroy? And maybe that's just because Resident Evil, the standards should be pretty low, too. If we're honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like, uh, it's not like there's a, a great storytelling legacy to ruin. No, well, Re Resident Evil is itself homage to B-Horror in it's a lot of Certainly at one point it was, back when it was really good. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was schlock, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And this was a different kind of schlock. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, yeah, it, it, I, I think you're right. It was, it's very middle of the road and it's a good one for us to start with because it's it's just it's got enough of a broad appeal where i think people can watch it and get something out of it yeah. <laughs> whether that's good or bad is is down to one's personal mileage but you can get something out of it and we got fuck we got over an hour out of it so 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 go us go go us. team whatever this show is called yeah, we should probably really come up with a name for it i'll come up with something <laughs> i am um, uh, i'm probably going to what are we doing next time was it uh was it House of the Dead? Yes. Yes. So that was our our discussion on Resident Evil. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of whatever it's called. <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, thank you, children. Um, next time, and we're going to go um, once every two weeks on this, yeah. on this show. We're going to go fortnightly um, just to give us time to watch the film and... and Make sure we've got enough films to go more than a year on this. Yeah. Um, and then before we have to start delving into other things. Um, but yeah, so next week, not next week, two weeks from now, next episode. That sounds better. Yeah. Next episode. I'm getting the hang of this podcasting thing. Next episode will be House of the Dead, which, if I recall correctly, is an Uwe Boll film. Mm -mm -mm. No, I'm wrong. No? I'm wrong. I was thinking of Alone in the Dark. Who did that one? Oh, oh, then, oh, you know what? House of the Dead might also be Paul W.S. Anderson, which means... It might be. I, maybe we decided Alone in the Dark, because I just, I honestly forgot. It was definitely House of the Dead, because I remembered looking it up on Amazon. Oh, uh, okay. Who did that? Uh... I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Paul Anderson again. No, no. It don't matter. It don't matter. God, this, this podcast's losing its steam now. <laughs> As we try and get them hyped for the next one, <laughs> it's just now quiet typing. Of who directed I can't, this? I can't tell. I can't tell what I'm looking. Well, also my microphone setup is like right in front of my keyboard, so I like having to reach around it to get to anything. It, it was Uwe Boll. I was right. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I thought. So. Well, I thought our plan was to do an Uwe Boll film second. Yes, we didn't want to do it first. Too right. easy. Yeah. Or, so, or yeah. too painful. <laughs> too easy slash too painful. One of the two. Take your pick. Um, but next week. But you can be one... ready if you if you want to already be prepared. You haven't seen House of the Dead. You could watch House of the Dead, and yeah. be ready for us to talk about it in two weeks. And I advise asterisk that you do. <laughs> so you've got two weeks from now. Next episode, 
You join me and Conrad again, the movie boys. Oh, God. <laughs> it won't be called Movie Boys. Oh. I promise you. Um, but the Movie Boys will be back next episode where we will discuss the first of what I'm sure will be many episodes revolving around an Uber Bowl film. We will be discussing House of the Dead, 2003 classic, got two stars on IMDb. Um, until next time, this is myself, Jim Sterling, and Conrad. Hello. 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 Oh, we're saying goodbye now. Are we? Um, oh, okay. We are. Yes, you can catch Conrad at Conrad Zimmerman That's on Twitter. That's true. And also fistshark.com, where we do uh, another podcast together called Fistshark Marketing. It's uh, a comedy podcast, improvised comedy podcast between myself, Conrad, and Paul Sincere. Uh, and we, uh, it, it's from the perspective of a, 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 a fictional marketing firm. Yeah. And I think it's very funny, uh, and, and it deserves to be listen to so maybe listen to that you can hear us pretending to be corrupt corporate executives who are incompetent very much like umbrella in this film and kind of uh, like us on this podcast and us on this podcast (laughs) indeed so we'll see you next time for house of the dead uh have a good one um bye and then good luck if you watch it bye